Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Although spending on blockchain technology is relatively small, blockchain has moved into numerous applications at all levels of government. The secure ledger technology, if nothing else, will help the government count and control its physical assets. Here with the latest, Sean McCarthy, Research Director of IDC Government. And Sean, good to have you back. Glad to be here. And uh, nice to be talking about blockchain again. I think we talked about it a few months ago, too. We did. I guess your thesis of the latest look-see that IDC has done shows that it's really not something merely experimental, merely pilot, but is actually into a widening group of production applications? Definitely. And um, I mean, I, this year we're kind of hitting the, uh, the hockey stick, as it were, for the, uh, for the growth. So it's definitely beyond just the pilot stage. And we're entering, you know, some significant growth around the world. And it really kind of interesting the way it's unfolding is because I'm kind of seeing blockchain take two different paths. One is for agencies who want a big installation where they install it themselves, manage it themselves, and use it for a lot of things. And that's taken a little more time for some agencies to get off the ground. And then the other is, I think there's an evolving market for blockchain as a a piece of middleware, for lack of a better term. That idea of middleware caught my eye because that seems to say that blockchain would be built into the infrastructure and therefore provide what you might call a single authoritative source of truth, which is something a lot of federal systems yes, lack. Yep. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, we've talked about data authority before. In other words, somebody owns a piece of information. A social security number is a perfect example. Social security number assigns it. They're the ultimate authority as to what your number is. So that type of approach can be used in all sorts of different data. And um, you know, other applications can simply call a blockchain function where it can you know, uh, be a crypto stamp that might uh, you know, say, here is the state of this system during this transaction or this asset or you know, system access permission was given to you and here's your blockchain stamp associated with that. All that helps you know, agencies move forward with kind of a tokenization approach to how information is stamped, how it is shared, and how you can track what the authority is for that. Because a lot of federal management, financial management, program management, unfortunately, is still done with things like Excel spreadsheets, which can proliferate yes, and differ from one another, and nobody knows what the numbers are anymore. Can blockchain somehow fix that problem? Well, it's like anything else. In theory, it can, and it's not the only thing that can fix it, but it is one where you know there are people who are capable of putting together turnkey uh, and again, I'm going to use the middleware, you know, analogy that lets you do the, you know, the stamping and saying this is the uh, the authoritative piece of data, and here's where it resides. Now, there's the management piece of it. Here's where it resides. Now, how do you, as a government system, want to connect to that data? Do you want to always look at that location and get the latest and greatest version of it? Do you want to download a piece of it but have some sort of stamp on there, and the blockchain could tell you? if the, the place where the data is residing has changed at all. And it may be that you don't need to go and get the latest version if there is no later version. And you can do that by comparing the blockchain cipher that you have. So there's a number of approaches you can take, and a lot of that is going to fall into the realm of the systems integrators who can help design these systems to do what the agencies need them to do. It sounds like there's a lot of applications, perhaps in cybersecurity and monitoring of patching and version control, maybe even software licenses, and also just general supply logistics. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And in fact, we're seeing um, a number of things in government that could move in that direction. I mean, 
birth certificates, you know, um, those types of things. Things where, you know, you get a paper now, but you could also get a blockchain stamp of sorts that could, you know, say, here's your certificate. Here is who the parents are. Here is, you know, the inheritance, if that could be set up at that particular time. Uh, nationality. Uh, there's a lot of things that can be tracked, whether they will be tracked. There's always political baggage associated with all of these things, but all of them are a possibility. Immunization records. Did you have them? Where did you get them? What's the type? You know, do they need to be upgraded? Uh, school records, you know, from enrollment to grades, graduation certificates. And things get more politically challenging and technically challenging as you, you know, kind of go up the, the range of possibilities all the way to what the U.N. is uh, doing now with refugee status, helping people reestablish a, an identity, um, emergency services, being able to get access to banking, which is always difficult for a refugee. So these types of things the government can help and blockchain is one of the pieces that can make that happen. But with respect to managing itself, it sounds like this could help with, say, people having a blockchain indicator for when they enter service, when they change jobs, when something switches in their career, mm -hmm. so that at the time of, say, retirement or mustering out with some sort of benefits owed, then there's an incontrovertible yeah. and easy-to-access way to calculate all of that instead of the paperwork processes they do now. Exactly. And the interesting thing is, while blockchain is having uh, incredible growth, again, you know, this year is really like I said, the, uh, the start of the hockey stick, it's going to become a little bit more transparent and maybe even hidden uh, to the average citizen. Because right now, you know, when you get out of the military service, there are records for you already. Now, those records may slowly be transitioned to blockchain in order to improve the accuracy and ways that they can be tracked. Will the average citizen necessarily know that or care? Probably not. But it, uh, we do see that the accuracy of these types of records and the ability to understand where they are, where they've been changed, is greatly improved with the blockchain cipher that can be applied to that. We're speaking with Sean McCarthy, Research Director of IDC Government. And you show the spending rising, as you said, the hockey puck to $123 million per year in the next couple mm -hmm. of years. What is the channel by which that will come into government? That is to say, a contracting officer isn't going to issue a contract for blockchain but something you said earlier about integrators, it, it sounds like it would come in through application builders under contract as opposed to something you quite, buy in quite a often. can. I'm not going to say there will be no procurements for blockchain under that name, but it is pretty rare. And in fact, I've done some, some checking on you know uh, the, the various places where federal contracts can be tracked, and you see the, the name mentioned occasionally, but not often. So the reality is, is it's going to be built into a system. And I fully expect the big, you know, enterprise software guys, the Oracles, the SAPs of the world, the IBMs, IBM is already offering it. You know, you can just get it almost turnkey. And then the, the various systems integrators, you look at your, you know, your Lockheeds, your Northrop's, uh, uh, Perspective, people like that are very interested in, you know, having blockchain experts be part of a team that might go in. And as they're upgrading a system, making the blockchain capability part of that. Now, whether the individual agencies will buy the blockchain solution from one of the top vendors who offer it, or whether it's simply like, we, got, we want to buy this turnkey system, you, systems integrator, you deal with all that, including the licensing of the software. Um, you know, that we, we've seen both approaches already, so I, I don't know yet which one will actually win out. So it sounds like blockchain will be almost like databases were, and still are really, you are, as an agency, are buying an application or an upgrade to a system or you're digitizing something, and a database might be inherent 
into it, but you're not buying a database. You're buying a solution, and the vendor has incorporated database. Sounds like this would extend that model to, to blockchain. I think that's a fair analogy, yes. And like all types of software, could there be upgrades to the system, you know, um, the ability to handle more and more cipher going forward? Uh, or have multiple paths that it can, you know, fragment into as needed because different organizations within the agency need slightly different approaches. I think all that's that's definitely possible. But I mean, the the, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. We're seeing in 2018, um, just about 16.2 million dollars was spent totally across um, government agencies, federal. I'm talking about, and then you know, like you mentioned earlier, growing to 123.5 million by 2022. I mean, that gives you a CAGR of about uh, 63, a little over 63%. So, I mean, that's that's huge. When you're looking at most IT, you know, you're lucky to see a 1% or 2% CAGR in you know, five years. So this is a technology that's taking off rapidly, um, but it's not going to be something where you can run out and say, oh, I'm going to buy blockchain futures. You know, it, it doesn't tend to work that way. It tends to be integrated in a larger whole there. Sean McCarthy is Research Director of IDC Government. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Great talking with you. We'll have a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive when you want. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Still to come on Federal News Radio, it's back. Talk of a giant infrastructure spending package that would get many agencies busy. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.